Welcome to the Greenville Smart Podcast. I am Elaine McNamara, the director of Greenville Smart and the executive director of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. With me, as always, is the executive director of Greenville Smart, Breck Nelson. Good morning, Elaine. And our producer, Deloy Cole. Hello. Good morning. And our special guest today is Lisa Edmondson. Lisa, could you please tell us what your new title is? Good morning, Elaine. So my new title, um, we had a little bit of an academic restructuring around Mm -hmm. here. And so um, currently, I'm the dean for the College of Social Sciences and Education. So that would include things like psychology, criminal justice, org leadership, and social work. Wow, that is a, a wide range of areas mm-hmm. that you cover. Yeah, but it's kind of fun because yeah. they, they do all of those all of those disciplines work with people and how to how to benefit them. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And we love that. And we and, and again, welcome to the podcast because we're very excited to have you here today. We have talked a lot in our past podcast about the Smart Center, the Greenville uh, Smart Center. And um, the things that surround it. We talked to people from the community about that building. We have talked about uh, Greenville Smart in general. But what I think a lot of people don't understand is that Greenville Smart is not just about that building that we're renovating on the square. It's so much broader than that. It's so much bigger. It's a big picture. And what Lisa does, it plays another huge part of that. And that is what the KRP is all about. Could you tell everyone, our listeners, what the KRP is and how it's tied in with Greenville Smart? Yeah. I, you know, when I think of, uh, when I think of Greenville Smart, I think of just innovative partnerships, mm-hmm. um, which would be similar to your position that probably people aren't doing elsewhere in other communities, which is kind of, kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also experiential learning for our students. So how it can benefit not just the community, but then our kids, our students here at Greenville. Um, so we had uh, an, a KRP stands for Kindergarten Readiness Program, and it's an early childhood program um, in our local school district with Bond County Unit 2 that serves three, four, and five-year-olds prior to kindergarten, Makes right? Sense. Getting yeah. ready for kindergarten. <laughs> um, and as a, as a past educator and current educator, um, I, you know, early childhood is is one of the most important critical times in, a, in, a, in an individual's educational experience. Um, I think a lot of times it has the, the thought of simply being, um, you know, babysitting or where do I put this kid while I go to work? Right. But um, a good quality early childhood program are the building blocks for the rest of their lives. And it helps them to um, continue to build on you know, reading and math, everything, and, and, and just all of the experiences that they have. And so a community that is um, prioritizes and intentionally looks at early childhood as something that is important um, is, in my opinion, a community that understands the long range um, and the future and, and how to, to, to innovate in the future, right? Nice. Um, it's a it's an investment because you have to financially invest in that, and you don't necessarily see those yields um, for until that kid. You know, <laughs> this is a three year old kid. It's going to be a while before you see that. Um, but the the kindergarten readiness program has been around for a while in Greenville, and it 
uh, my my children went there. Lots of community members have had children who have gone there, but they they just recently um, the school district received a a grant, which is a preschool for all grant, which then expanded their program to about 240 students, which is wow. just a huge enormous. Um, undertaking and they simply didn't have room for them um they didn't have the physical space for it and we had just started our early childhood program we had restarted our early childhood program we had had one for for many many years and then um it had lapsed we had restarted it and so uh the superintendent dr wes olson and meg file uh, came to us and asked if we would be interested in starting starting this partnership. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they came to us initially. Nice. Um, and and I, I wanted to point that out because it's something that I think when you're talking about innovative partnerships, it's valuable to make sure that that's what the community needs or that's what the community right. wants and not just like what we think it wants. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the community needs a lot of things. But the community might not think that they need that. <laughs> so it's, I think, with innovative partnerships, it's important to listen and to respond to what what your local constituents are saying that they need. And this was a need that they had. And it clearly was a huge benefit to our students. So the other side of that, as far as experiential learning, um, our students do a significant amount of field experience before student teaching. An education major has about 300 plus hours in a classroom before they even hit student teaching at Greenville, which is more than a lot of other universities. But they have to travel. Right. Um, They have to. I mean, it's a burden on our students. And especially with early childhood, there aren't um, a significant amount of early childhood programs around here. So this was this was a this was a phenomenal opportunity for us. Um, So we we really wanted to do it kind of immediately and um we were fortunate enough to have this happen it's exciting yeah Yeah, it's just the the wonderful partnership um tell us about uh well we had a grand opening a ribbon cutting ceremony and the the space that was renovated can you tell us a little bit about the space and the process and the excitement around that and how that all absolutely so we we were trying to find a space that would work at Greenville and on the university campus it 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 became really challenging it wasn't like a lack of wanting to do it but it had to be ADA it had to have um, little toilets it had to have you know in the classrooms it had to have a play area it had to have a significant amount of things that just frankly aren't around a community um, a college campus also there's the security issue um not all of our students are background checked. And so, you you know, it, seeing a little three-year-old makes them want to come over and say hi. But we needed to, it's, we kept talking about how we have a barrier. Because you do need like some safety barriers sure. between our campus population and these these precious kids. And so, um, so while we were looking through this, we had um, just it just kind of again it fell on our laps a community member came and said that she was interested in retiring and needed to sell her preschool building and it happened to be right across from our um 
from our soccer field. So it's a little bit attached. It feels like it's somewhat, somewhat connected, but still it has that kind of natural physical barrier away from the middle of campus. It also had, and it was a great building. Um, it, it needed some renovations, but um, Mark Owens and our facilities just, they're just phenomenal. I mean, they were able to do a significant portion of it themselves. And a lot of those guys um, at facilities had 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 some of their kids in care. So they were excited. Aww. I mean, this is like a community effort, right, to, to see how they could jump in and, and do this. So the building currently um, had great structure. We didn't have to really spend any money on the structure of the building. It was simply... Um, just making it, but all the surfaces are completely redone. So everything, you know, was just kind of a cosmetic update. It looks brand new. It's beautiful. It is. Yeah, it's it is. Really lovely. Everything about the building and everything that's in it as well, all mm-hmm. the supplies that you have. Yeah, uh, so that comes from the grant and from the local school district. So that's okay. part of, that's their partnership is they they provide, you know, the, the certified teachers. They provide all the... Um, equipment, kind of the running, you know, yeah. the, the general supervision and running of it. I mean, it's their program. It's their accreditation. Oh, it's sure. them. Um, we're just kind of providing a place for them to be able to, to do what they do well, which, you know, I think is, again, listening to your community and knowing their strengths and just kind of seeing how we can step in. And then also there's just has been tremendous benefit already for our students. Um, our early childhood majors are out there all the time, all day long, um, constantly, and they really love it. They love the the teachers that are out there are just phenomenal teachers, and they're they're getting to experience and model really great early childhood teaching. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, just curious. We we talk a lot about experiential education here at yeah. Greenville University. What in your area with the KRP specifically? What would that experience look like for a student or a pers- prospective student coming? Right. So, so a when you're a pre-service teacher, right? When you're training to be a teacher, you can sit in um, a lecture hall on our campus for, you know, a hundred years and yeah. n- never really know how to be a teacher, right? Um, you learn how to be a teacher by watching and modeling and experiencing that real live classroom. Um, there, there's, um, there are products out there where um, education majors will use kind of a video, it's almost like a video game, uh-huh. where they're watching a video of a classroom and then they're interacting with it. And some universities call that like experience, right? Because they're interacting <laughs> with, this, with these um automated students on the video and so you know a student says this what do you say and I it just it just kind of blows my mind a little bit and Uh I I get why because sometimes you need to be able to do it efficiently but that is not experiential learning in my in my head you have to go out you have to talk to real live kids I mean anybody who knows a three or four and five-year-old they're not going to say what a video can capture. You don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> you have That's no idea. I'm sure and every so, day it's new. So it is just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's critical. And it's always been a part of our curriculum 
Um, you know, when we're in, uh, when our students are in their math methods class, they go out to a classroom and they're teaching math. Mm-hmm. When they're in a reading methods class, they go out and they teach reading. Do you know what I mean? We pair it constantly. So it's not just like 300 random hours of just being in a classroom. Right. It's very specifically aligned up to what they're learning in um learning in class with their professors and then they go out and they have to do it right so so you don't you know it's you don't you don't learn unless you're you're actually getting your hands dirty and figuring it out yourself and and messing up you know i mean our field experience is filled with with fantastic students who come back and they're like I can't do this, right? Because <laughs> this is hard. Teaching is really, really hard. And um, it's not something that you can just learn from a book. You have to experience it. Exactly. And I think that's the thing with experiential learning. Maybe you get to find out ahead of time if you're really cut out for it or not. It's better to learn that before you oh, get your degree. Oh, 100%. So we, we have our students start their freshman year. Oh, um, that's great. So their freshman year in ED 101, we have about 30 hours of experience, and we usually go into St. Louis for that. Um, we want to give them a diverse urban experience, mm-hmm. mostly because a lot of them haven't had that. Right. Um, and we go to some really cool schools. We go to a Montessori school. We go to some, to like, an arts um, high school. We go to some different ones that they probably haven't had experience with. Um, and and in general, so if we have, you know, 50 students in that interterm class that goes in, I would say we, we usually have about three or four at the end who are like, okay, not for me. Oh, you know, I, I, it's, it's not, it's not for everybody. And where's, where's the accounting department? Because (laughs) I need something a little quieter. And, um, and I, and I love that because that, you figure that out your freshman year. Right. Right. Recognize that your freshman year. Don't recognize that at the end of your college career or more importantly, when, once you become a teacher, like you need to, you need to understand if you want to do that. And, um, and then, and then the other, you know, 95% of our students go, yeah, this is, this is what God's calling me to do. And I want to spend the next four years of my life really studying this. And then the remainder of my life actually like getting better and better at this. So ex- that's what experience gives you. Oh, sure. It doesn't just, it's not just the glory of it or the, you know, the theory of it. It actually gives you the practical experience. Right. Because I mean, it, you know, it, not only is it better for the student finding that out early, it's better for the future students that they would affect. If they just go into it, get their degree, and well, I got my degree now. I guess I got to be a teacher. And they're doing a yeah. disservice to anyone who has them as a teacher if that's not really what they're supposed to be doing. One hundred percent. None yeah. of us want children yeah. want our children to have teachers that don't want to be there. No, exactly. <laughs> as we look at the future and the way education's changing and modeling, what's a, a dream of yours for maybe a next step using this KRP example or, or through higher ed or the different do you have have you ever thought any more of expanding this in other areas? Um well I think I think our school of education has always been very interested in expanding it internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been something that we have dabbled in here and there. We've sent a student teacher to the Dominican Republic. We've done, um, you know, a couple things, but we haven't really been able to um, 
to do that to the fullest extent. It's been one of my dreams for a long time to really, we have a lot of students who have had high school experiences and, you know, doing short-term missions trips. And then they come in and they've worked with kids there and they get excited about that. And one of the challenges is that we have, I mean, we just, to, to get your license, frankly, there's just a lot of regulation that's in place and you've got to do this and that. And it's, it's really hard to kind of put that in, um, to add an, an external environment to mm-hmm. that experience, if that makes sense. Um, and so that has always been something that I know is doable because other universities have done it. It's mm-hmm. not something that is unattainable, um, but it has been, it, we, have, we are not currently doing it as well as I think we could be doing it. And that's something that would be that if, that if you ask me, can I dream? And, you know, that that's where it would be to, to be able to do something like I that. I see another smart initiative in the, in I, the making here. Yeah. So. I was thinking let's, let's get a building down in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> spread the joy, spread the love. I love your the, thinking. Yes. Oh, I do too. Oh, well, tell us, um, what's the feedback you've gotten on, um, the collaboration and the renovations and everything from the, the parents uh, who have their children in, involved in the you know, Yeah, I mean, it, it is going really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going really well. We were fortunate enough to get our building done on time. Mm-hmm. And I was, I've, I, you know, it's always that nervousness when you're not, a, you're not in construction. You're like, there's no way it's going to happen. And it happened like right before. And so students were able to move in um, and, they have really, they've really enjoyed it. So we've had great, great feedback from parents and from kids and from the teachers, um, who who I who I just have really enjoyed. So yeah, that's fantastic. It's been fun. Oh man! As a grandparent with a four-year-old <laughs> granddaughter, there, uh, I just love when she comes home and tells her stories. And in the morning, she's excited and almost demanding to go to school. So mm-hmm. whatever you're doing in the rooms is a win. Well, you know, KRP, interestingly, as we talk about experience, KRP is set up on experiential learning itself, right? So sure. it's play-based. It's, it, is, it is not the teacher telling them how to cut out or create whatever they're creating, which is why she's probably coming home with some some really creative things, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Because KRP in and of itself is based on experiential learning and kids just being able to, if, when you walk into the room, you see all the, the centers and, the, and the, the different things that they get to experience. So, I mean, that's how, again, that's how we learn, whether we're three or whether we're in college. I know. You walk in there, we got to take the tour. Thank you for that. And it, it is one of those things that takes you back and you think, wow, if I could just start over, I would have turned out to be something great if I could have gone to KRP. It's, it's fantastic. And you do get to see the centers that they have and just the environment. It's so inviting for the children. Um, it's warm. It's creative. Uh, and it's just, it's fantastic. It's an it's a exciting thing for our community. It has been my favorite part of my job. Wow, that's awesome. For sure. That the past awesome. these past two years, if you have to ask me one thing that I've absolutely loved, hands down, this has been the best project that we've done. That's awesome. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for asking this me. It's been great. We hope yeah. that we can invite you again um, for an update somewhere down the, the line. If that's Sounds all right. good. All right. And I want to thank uh, Breck for being here again, Deloitte Cole, our producer. The Greenville Smart Podcast is brought to you by Greenville University and the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. And thanks again to Lisa Edmondson for joining us. 
Uh, if you have any questions about our podcast or any questions you'd like to forward to, to Lisa, please uh, contact us at greenvillesmart.com. There is a contact page there, and we can make those questions uh, get to the right people. How about that? <laughs> we hope you'll join us next time. And until next time, thank you once again from Greenville Smart. Greenville Smart.